0: Hi, I'm Denise Bailey.
1: And I'm Dr. Monica Parker.
0: And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias.
1: As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia.
0: And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced, caring for and loving my parents who both
1: struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and
0: you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica. Hi, Dr. Denise. Oh, I like that. I love that title because, you know, I'm always saying to you, you know, I'm the doctor here. So this week, we'd like to talk about vascular dementia. Um, Yes. What is vascular dementia?
1: Well, vascular dementia is dementia you get when your brain hasn't had enough blood flow. The blood flow or the nutrition and oxygen supply to the brain has been disrupted. And as a result of that, cells that are affected by that circulation have died. So a common example of that is what happens when somebody has a stroke. What happens is blood flow to an area of the brain has been disrupted, whether it's by a blood clot, whether it's by a cholesterol plaque embolus, or just significant um, arteriosclerosis. We used to call that hardening of the arteries such that blood doesn't get to the end cells, and those cells die. It's important for people to appreciate that when people have strokes, and they're not major strokes, most people are having, 30% of the people who have strokes have not been aware that they had them because they're not observed to have any particular deficit. About six months after you've had some kind of vascular event, you will notice that there are cognitive changes. As an example, when somebody has vascular dementia, those are the people that are more likely to repeat things, like they're broken records. Well, you know, I went to the store and I bought some corn. Well, you know, yesterday I went to the store and I bought some corn. You know, she keeps telling me that story over and over and over again. Well, that's going to be more likely to be associated with vascular dementia, as is somebody who gets up and wanders a lot of the people who get up and wander a lot at night when when they're confused that's more closely associated with vascular disease
0: so when you say uh, there's a lot of repetition and a lot of um confusion that's one of the signs yes yes now how does that differ from just regular alzheimer's or does it differ
1: it differs because the cause or the etiology is different now regardless of what causes brain cell loss the end result is always the same they need help okay they don't function well so you know whether i can remember my name or not if i had a stroke that caused that that's one thing if i had alzheimer's that caused it that's another thing But it doesn't really matter what caused it because I still can't remember my name, does it? That's true. So what we deal with in dementia care, and that's why so much of the world of research is focusing on brain health and the neurodegenerative processes. That's what we're calling all of this now, neurodegenerative disorders in Alzheimer's and other related diseases. We say related disease because it's like the end result is the same. It doesn't really matter how you get there. The end result is the same. So for Alzheimer's, which is a specific kind of neurodegenerative process, there are There is the accumulation of A-beta, tau, and phospho-tau proteins in the brain that make the brain dysfunctional. In Alzheimer's, you have an accumulation of proteins that accumulates, and then the more of these proteins, the A-beta, the tau, the phospho-tau that accumulate, the more severe your dementia is likely to be. In vascular dementia, we don't necessarily accumulate proteins, but we do have loss of function of different nerve cells. So um, what causes vascular dementia, which is what you're really asking me, is how is that different from Alzheimer's? Well, uh, it's the cause that's different. So how can, you can prevent vascular dementia versus Alzheimer's.
0: As a layman, let me jump in here because um, you say there you can prevent vascular dementia. Is it is it correct that, you know, this brain damage could be caused by, like, risk of strokes, like you mentioned, and diabetes. So if we, you know, have a healthier lifestyle and try to prevent those underlying conditions, that would help prevent or feed towards vascular dementia.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So you would be more likely to hold on to your brain cells if you controlled or never developed diabetes in the first place. So how do you develop diabetes? Well, there's the type one, which is something that most people get before the age of 21. And that's not the one that I'm talking about. I'm talking about type two diabetes. Type two diabetes is wholly associated with lifestyle, which means people gain too much weight. They become obese and obesity develops something called insulin resistance, which means you're producing insulin that helps you break down the carbohydrates that you eat. But in insulin resistance, the insulin receptors aren't working well. So you're not able to break down the carbohydrates and metabolize them appropriately. But they do stop eating carbohydrates, they continue to eat them. So when we start talking about dementia prevention, vascular dementia is one of those things that we can prevent by A, not developing lifestyles that co- contributes to that, i.e. exercising um, five times or more a week, keeping active, um, eating proper things, the Mediterranean diet, the heart healthy diet, things that are low in cholesterol and low in saturated fat, um, more physical activity to may help you maintain an ideal body weight or a body weight that is consistent with normal blood pressure. You know, everybody's like, I got to take my pressure medicines. I got to do this. I got to do that. Well, a lot of the medicines we have to take, if you're diabetic, you're taking medicines you have to take to help get your sugars under control. But the weight, midlife, gaining a whole lot of weight contributes to the onset of glucose intolerance. Those are words that you might hear, but it's really a way to stop, to talk about pre-diabetes or diabetes Things that will help you and decrease your risk of developing things like high blood pressure and type 2 diabetes, long-standing hypertension has a tendency to morph into congestive heart failure, is not get those diseases in the first place. And that's how you stave off the development of vascular dementia. In one of these talks, I talked about different types. And just because you have Alzheimer's doesn't mean that you don't also have evidence of vascular disease that has caused some of your brain to not function well because it's not getting that blood flow.
0: It's interesting that you said that because, um, as our listeners may remember, you were my parents' first um, physician. And I think I remember you mentioning to me that you thought my dad might have had vascular dementia because he wasn't overweight, but he developed type 2 diabetes late in life. So that may have contributed.
1: One of the things that we do show is that midlife development of things like high blood pressure, obesity, and type 2 diabetes do kind of predispose one to the development of vascular disease or strokes. Like you hear people say, I never knew I had a stroke. Now on the news this week, they've had a, a woman who was a broadcaster in Minnesota who developed um had a stroke and you know, she basically had to end her career as she knew it. But one of the things that caused her, that increased her risk for having a stroke was the fact that she was taking oral contraceptives. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Well, most women, certainly women who are perimenopausal or about to go into menopause, feel they take extra estrogen to try to keep hot flashes from coming. But what extra estrogen does, and this is what happens when women are pregnant as well, extra estrogen thickens your blood, so to speak. This is a very simplistic example, but Extra estrogen makes your blood thick. So it makes it more likely that you're going to develop blood clots or things are going to pool. And those are the things that block off your blood vessels. So. Having extra estrogen, unopposed estrogen, so women who are on birth control pills, depending upon the formulation, may have estrogen that's unopposed. Women who are on hormonal replacement therapy to stop the hot flashes and protect against osteoporosis are going to be at risk for having increased, um, it's really your blood starts to clot together a little bit more, your blood cells stick together and get sticky. And those enough, if enough of them stick together, they stop the blood flow.
0: Well, let, so, me, let me ask you this. You're mentioning these things um, like extra estrogen and um, contraceptive uh, medications. And I obviously, that's for younger women. So what you're saying is that we have to, as women, when we're younger, and if we're taking these types of things, midlife, we have to worry about uh, the possibility of, of complications like vascular dementia in the future. So we have to be very careful in midlife about what we put into yes. our Yes,
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, that's kind of um, scary a little bit there that you have to start thinking, scary. you have to think about stuff midlife that will affect you later in life. So let me, let me swerve a little bit here. We're talking about the the causes and and underlying conditions that may cause vascular dementia, but in the early stages, what are, what are some of the things that you see? Is it just cognitive difficulty? What makes you stop and pause and say that my loved one might have vascular dementia? I don't think there's any
1: one thing that, makes you stop and pause and say that somebody may have vascular dementia, I think you need to appreciate that you are at risk if you are being treated for high blood pressure, if you're being treated for diabetes, if you're being treated for high cholesterol, if you are being treated for an irregular heartbeat. Those are the things that put you at risk for developing vascular dementia.
0: So those are... um How do you diagnose that? Do you is it just observation? Is it blood tests?
1: Diagnosis of vascular dementia proceeds along the same thing that we've told you that we've discussed before about how you work up dementia. You don't know what it is until you sort of put everything in order. And one of the things that you have to do in terms of putting things in order is you don't rush straight to the neurologist. You have to start at your primary care doctor's office to make sure that your blood pressure is under control, that your cholesterol is where it's supposed to be, that you're not having any trouble with diabetes or you're at risk in a pre-diabetes state. You have to start with your primary care doctor. If you start with that doctor and all those metabolic things are under good control, then it's like, okay, well, what's happening that I should be aware of? So part of that evaluation is seeing your primary care doctor, checking for all the basic things that we should be doing, getting that EKG if you have high blood pressure or you're feeling pressure or feeling fatigue to make sure that you have a regular heart rate or rhythm and that you're not developing something called atrial fibrillation, which goes along with developing strokes. And then it's like, okay, we've looked at this, we've looked at this, what comes next? So in the evaluation, it's primary care evaluation of chronic medical issues and metabolic states, getting an EKG to make sure that you have a normal heart rate, getting that brain MRI that allows us to look at the brain architecture and to see whether or not there are areas of what we call white matter infarcts or areas where we see that the brain hasn't gotten enough blood flow versus shrinkage of the hippocampus, which is what you see in Alzheimer's. And then, yes, you can do the neuropsych testing, but for vascular dementia, unlike Alzheimer's or frontotemporal or some of the others, we're going to do neuropsych testing, but there are other things that you arrive at first. And certainly for vascular dementia, looking at an MRI and seeing evidence of strokes or areas of the brain that are not getting enough blood flow, that gives us a pretty good idea that what we're looking at is not dementia that may be caused by Alzheimer's, but maybe there's a vascular reason or component. There's something called um, uh, leukeriosis, white matter hyperintensities that we see on uh, brain Im- on MRI images. And one of the things that you see are these white streaks, which are basically areas of the brain that aren't lighting up, aren't showing any evidence of life. So an MRI frequently can help point us in a different direction for an etiology or a cause for why somebody may be developing a brain dementia, a dementing disorder.
0: Okay, well, um, we're in the midst of a pandemic and uh, people's lives are in upheaval and Mm -hmm. people are experiencing many emotions, depression and sadness, being one of them. Is it true that depression could be a part of vascular dementia as well?
1: It is. And a lot of people who suffer from strokes do have a coexisting depression that goes along with that. Yes. But keep in mind, untreated and recognized depression also masquerades as a type of dementing disorder. People who suffer from untreated depression have signs and symptoms that are very consistent with a vascular dementia or dementia in general.
0: Now, uh, finally, as we've talked about other forms of dementia in the past, there really are no, lots of drugs that can help or ward off or help in any situation, but are there any treatments other than the medications you take for your hypertension and your diabetes, or is there anything you can take to help exacerbate, help prevent, or ease? There, the-
1: yes, there is no treatment that will reverse the damage that is caused by having vascular disease that results in vascular dementia. There is no medication available to treat any of the known neurodegenerative diseases anywhere. There are lots of medications that are being looked at and certainly being researched as interventions for Alzheimer's dementia, but none of them at this point in time is curative or effective for treating vascular disease. So while we're looking for drugs that are treating dementia, we're looking at drugs that are going to treat or interrupt the process of neurodegeneration that is caused by A-beta accumulation in Alzheimer's. Now, the medicine that we develop to treat Alzheimer's is not going to be effective for treating vascular dementia. Keep in mind, these diseases are neurodegenerative and they have the same end result, but you get there by a different route and we have to intervene along that specific route to try try to keep the end result from happening. There is no drug that reverses or treats vascular dementia. There's no drug that reverses or treats Alzheimer's, frontotemporal, or chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Once the brain tissue is damaged, it's just damaged. So the thing that you can do to make it less likely that you're gonna have a vascular dementia is to control those midlife things that you know are gonna result in um, problems with blood pressure. Um, blood flow, all of that.
0: Thank you, Dr. Monica. As always, some great information. And I think the running thing that we always tell our listeners is that you have to keep yourself healthy on the front end. So if you keep yourself healthy on the front end, that will lessen the problems on the back end. So thank you. Thank you so much. Good talking with you.
1: Nice chatting with you.